The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VCMD, a sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The NBA Finals will begin on Thursday from San Francisco, the Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Golden State, about 155 favorites for the series, and they're three-and-a-half-point favorites for game number one. And looking at this series right now, I'm seeing 150, 155. Do you realize that in the five previous trips to the NBA Finals under Steve Kerr, the Warriors had never been lower than a minus 220 favorite, which is crazy because they went up against LeBron James all those years, but that's how good and how dominant those Warriors teams were. So this is the lowest favorite that the Warriors have ever been in the this Steve Kerr era going to the NBA Finals. You have the Boston Celtics who, from January 24th on, were the best team in the NBA. This is a team that was 25-25 and 25 on January 24th. They were 70-1 to 1 to win the NBA title at that moment. And then they go on this incredible run. And a lot of it, sure, had to do with new head coach, Installing a new system took about 50 games to kind of get things coordinated the way that they wanted it. There was a maybe a switch in the way that Robert Williams was utilized, uh, not so much as a rim defender coming out and helping on the perimeter at times. And uh, really, this team just took a major leap forward from the end of January through the regular end of the regular season and through these playoffs. And number one net rating. Uh, defensive team, opponents' points, every defensive metric you want to give, they've been the best since that moment. And in these playoffs, they've been the number one net rating team, uh, defensive 105. Uh, The Warriors are the second best net rating team, so there's no wonder why these two teams are in the NBA Finals. But I do think that this series is a little closer than what the odds would indicate. You know, if you're just looking at two even teams and only factoring in home court advantage, I'd say that the series price should probably be about 130, maybe 140. And and that's just by looking at, you know, give them three points as the favorite in every home game, right? 
So they're a three-point favorite in games one, game two, game five, game seven, and they're a three-point dog in, you know, games three, four, and and six. I, I think seeing the Warriors at minus 150, minus 155 is the market telling us that the Celtics, that, that the Warriors are the better team here. And I don't think they're that much better. Now, I've gone on record, I've said it on this show, that I do believe the Celtics are as good, if not slightly better, than the Golden State Warriors. And if your argument to me is just about the experience factor with the Warriors, I don't think that's enough. The Boston Celtics have this, you know, you look at this team, you look at the youth that's on this team. Started, I guess, in the 2016, they draft Jalen Brown. 2017, they draft Jason Tatum. 2018, they draft Robert Williams. And, you know, Marcus Smart and Al Horford. And these, this group is ready to take this next step and become champions. They've made it to several Eastern Conference Finals without getting over the hump, right? You know, this was their fourth... Eastern Conference Finals in the last six seasons. So they've been good enough. They just haven't been elite enough. I think this year, they've made that jump to being elite. Whereas the Golden State Warriors are in this rare, very rare position of being a dynasty that goes to five straight NBA Finals and then because of injuries becomes one of the bottom teams in the NBA for a couple of seasons to the point where they earn the draft commodities to be able to take Jordan Poole in the first round, to be able to take Jonathan Kuminga in the first round and Moses Moody in the first round. And their their highest draft commodity was James Wiseman, the second overall pick a season ago, who is not even playing. So... Who knows what, what they could trade him, they could keep him. You know, we, who knows what this team is going to look like. But they're obviously led right now by the veteran nucleus. The big three of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Clay Thompson is clearly not himself, even though he did give you that one shining moment of the 32 points on the eight three-pointers made. That's not going to be him. And I don't think you can bank on that being him for this series. And Draymond's going to give you Draymond. He looks really good, actually. Like, really good. And so, when you compare to the Boston Celtics and you want to see about what this matchup's going to look like, you know, the Celtics have two legit scoring options. They're more of a, you know, they spread it around so everyone scores. But Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are dynamic. And, you know, Jalen Brown can give you 40 like he did in game three against the Heat. Jason Tatum certainly capable of scoring 27 points per game. Whereas, if Steph's not the guy for the Warriors in this series, can you rely on Klay Thompson to give you a 30-point performance? Can you rely on Jordan Poole to give you a 28-point performance? Everyone looks at this series and says, well, if if Jason Tatum doesn't go off, then the Celtics don't have a chance. I don't agree with that. I think the Celtics are more equal opportunity 
than the Golden State Warriors. And I think we've, you know, we've seen moments where the, the, the Celtics have won these games, but Jason Tatum wasn't the leading scorer. So game seven win, Tatum scores 26. Both Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown score 24. In the game six loss, Jason Tatum scored 30 points. Jalen Brown scored 20. So he went off and they lost that game. In the game five win, Tatum had 22. Jalen Brown was the leading scorer with 25. In game number four, big win, 102-82, Tatum goes off for 31. Game number three, that was a heat victory. Tatum only had 10 points. Jalen Brown had 40. In game two, the Celtic victory, Tatum has 27. Both Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown have 24. Kind of like the same game that they played in game number seven. And in game number one of the series, without Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum scores 29, Jalen Brown scores 24. So I look at the Boston Celtics, and I think that, yeah, there's kind of three guys that could take care of all the scoring. We know about Klay Thompson with the big 32-point performance, right? That was the closeout game against the Mavericks. He had 32, Steph had 15. We look at, let's see, game number four of that series. The Warriors lost that game. Steph had 20 to lead the way. Game number three, Warriors win by nine. Steph goes off for 31. Game number two, Warriors win. Steph goes off for 32. And game number one, Warriors win. Steph had 21 to lead the way. So, I think that, yes, the Warriors have gotten kind of even contributions from people. Because, like, look at this game. Look at the game one win against the Mavericks, which was a rout. Steph had 21. Wiggins had 19. Poole had 19. Clay had 15. Draymond had 10. Looney had 10. I mean, you had... Seven players in double figures. Porter had 10 as well. It's seven players in double figures. So they do spread it around. But the point about needing a star to go off, I think is more so, I I guess I'm saying I don't agree with the, the whole take that it has to be Jason Tatum to go off for the Celtics to win. Because... If you look at those 24, 25, 27-point performances and the 40-point performances from Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, they're capable of of getting those big scoring outputs from the two other players. Whereas the Warriors are only, they're going to spread it around. You're going to have multiple guys in double figures. But the only one that I could rely on to have that big 27, 30-point performance is Steph. And even though Clay gave it to you here in the closeout game against the Mavericks, we've, only, we've seen it three times he had 30 points in these playoffs. The rest of the games, it's been pedestrian. 
I think you're more likely to see Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart contribute uh, 24, 25, 27. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And then you are seeing Clay Thompson go for 30 again. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We're going to see what uh, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast thinks coming up next uh, and see if he kind of agrees that I, I think the Celtics are absolutely live here in this series. I think the market's maybe a little bit too bullish on the Golden State Warriors just given their pedigree and, and name brand and recognition and star power. But I think the Celtics absolutely have a very good chance to win this NBA Finals. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VCND. Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, you're made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is Sean Green. Hit him up on Twitter at Sean T. Green. And Sean, let's talk NBA Finals here. I don't know where you stand on this. I think the Celtics are absolute live dogs. And I'm a little, I'm a little intrigued at the pricing here because the market's telling us that the Warriors are better it's not just home court, that they're clearly better. And I don't think that's the case. I think these teams are a lot closer than what the price indicates. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, you know, if you're an analytics, I think this just kind of comes down to how you handicap basketball. Like if you're an analytics person and, and you're just hardcore analytics, the the Celtics have been the play the entire time. Uh, for me, a guy, kind of a gut handicapper, I'm leaning warriors. I like the experience edge. I like the chip on their shoulder uh, aspect as well. I mean, first off, no one on the Celtics have played a game in the NBA finals compared to 120 plus uh, on the golden state edge. And then also the, the coaching advantage. I mean, I think Steve Kerr is a much better coach, but he has lost to 
you know, he has lost in the finals to rookie head coaches before. So I think if you're a Celtics fan, you're you're holding on to that angle. But I I, I still think this this Golden State team seems super motivated, and the way they close out the Mavs to me. Uh, the, the Celtics, the fact that they lost game six at home in a, you know, in a, in a situation where you could close out the heat and they almost blew that game seven. That to me is not something you see out of a championship team. But if you walk through the matchups, I definitely see how you could make the case for the Celtics. Yeah. And see, that's what I did. I walked through the matchups and you know, yes, a lot of people talk about the inexperience, although Ime Odoka spent many, many years alongside Greg Popovich. Uh, running through NBA finals and winning and understanding what it takes to have these players win in the biggest moments. And you look at the history of the Boston Celtics in the Steve Kerr era, you realize the Boston Celtics are the only team to have a winning record against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they've covered nine, they've covered uh, 12 of 16 games, 12, three and one ATS since the start of the 2014, 2015 season against the Golden State Warriors. If you want to just take that, and push it to when Jason Tatum came along, it's 9-2-1 and one against the spread for the Boston Celtics against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And, and I get, and if you're building a case for the Celtics, you like the fact that they're, they've been great off a loss in the playoffs, uh, but coming back to the Warriors angle, you know, they're averaging 118 points per game at home. And again, I, I think they, they do have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, you know, Clay Thompson, I, I feel like it, Clay Thompson and Steve Kerr, I think we're both pretty fired up on the play that injured uh, Clay Thompson one Marcus smart. Uh, you know, they, they believe was kind of a dirty play there. So I think they're coming in with a, a chip on their shoulder and it's rare to see a team, you know, six NBA finals in eight years, a la the uh, Chicago bulls, 91 to 98 there. It's rare to see a team like that come in this hungry. And I think this, this golden state team is hungry. One, uh, the redemption for clay Thompson and two kind of, you know, distancing themselves from Kevin Durant and saying like, Hey, mm. this was the real dynasty all along, you know, Steph Curry getting his first MVP. I think there's a lot of motivation for this golden state team. If you're going to bet the Warriors to win the series, do you like the correlation where you'd just rather bet Steph Curry to win the MVP at even money or plus 110 instead of the Warriors series series price at minus 150, minus 155? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big uh, difference in price. Normally, I, I, I look away from that. If it, You know, like on the other side, I wouldn't take Tatum at plus 165 cuz the you know the series price is is too close to that but Steph Curry I you know I'm seeing on win he's at plus 100 I I would rather take that I think at this point although I do like Andrew Wiggins as a long shot MVP at 30 to 1 um just because we have seen him kind of come to life here of uh, scoring and also on the defensive side like I thought he did you know, a, a decent job in the Mavs series uh, defensively. So if he is involved, Garden Tatum at all, I, yeah, I'm sure they're going to put Draymond on him at times. But again, Draymond is like half the price of Andrew Wiggins, mm -hmm. and Andrew Wiggins, I think, will have some open shots and some open opportunities. So I think he's uh, on the Golden State side. He's the fun long shot, maybe a small sprinkle on that. But yeah, Steph Curry at plus 100 versus taking them on the series, I would, I would definitely do that. I got to be honest with you, Sean. I don't think there's any chance that anyone on the Warriors wins the MVP if they win besides Steph Curry. So well, much I, has been made of the yeah. fact that he hasn't won the finals MVP. Uh, and, and I went back because I'm, you know, I have Marcus smart 
to win the MVP because I think the Celtics win this series. And I went back to that 2015 NBA Finals uh, where Andre Iguodala was the MVP. And it was because of the narrative. Is because of the defense that he played on LeBron James. And so I'm kind of looking at Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. Let's say he shuts down Steph Curry, holds him to like, you know, 23 points per game or something like that. And uh, he has a couple of 24, 25 point performances. Maybe he wins the award. But conversely, I mean, look at Iguodala in that finals averaged 16.3 points, 5.8 rebounds, four assists per game. Curry averaged 26 points. 5.2 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and yet it was Iggy who won the MVP over Steph Curry. There are still people that talk about not voting Steph Curry to be the MVP in that series. Yeah, you know, it is a narrative award, to your point, and the narrative is so strong for Steph to get it. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I would rather take it at plus 100. The 30 to 1 Wiggins thing is, you know, just, just a small sprinkle to have in the back pocket, but on the, on the Boston Celtics side, I think it's wide open. I mean, there's no way I'm taking uh Tatum MVP. If I like the Celtics, cause the, the series price is, is too close yeah, you on that and, in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love Marcus smart and you know, you were saying what the price you got at it uh, before the show is that was a great grab by you. I mean, uh, yeah, I, the the long shot stuff on the Celtics side is way more wide open, way more interesting. Because I think there's different paths for the Celtics to win this title, right? Whereas if the Warriors win uh, again, it, I don't care how they win. I don't care if Clay Thompson has 40 points a game. Like Steph Curry is going to win the award, and maybe Clay Thompson, if he does have 40 points a game, you're going to give it to him, right? You're going to say, "Hey, redemption story. You came back from injury and you averaged 40 points a game." But we know that's not going to happen here, Sean. But I think that well, there's multiple paths for the Celtics to win. I think the Celtics could win because Jason Tatum just goes off and is a madman. I think the Celtics could win because they steal a game. You know, maybe they're they're losing. They come back. They hit a big shot at the end, and it's Jalen Brown or somebody that hits a big shot. Al Horford even. Like, we remember the Al Horford game, uh, you know, earlier this playoffs, right? Everyone talks about the Al Horford game. So, um, And then there's also the path where it's the defense. And the reason why they win is because defensively, as a team, they completely shut down and and really stifle the Warriors. So I think there's more ways that the Celtics can win this series as opposed to the Warriors. I think if the Warriors win, it's just the Warriors playing their game and, you know, Steph hitting threes and them just being the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I mean, although I would say this, you know, one kind of supporting your point that if, if golden state wins, it's probably going to be Curry. I mean, you saw even in the Western conference finals, like his, his play was pretty good. I mean, we've certainly seen better scoring performances uh, by him, but I think they just kind of default to the best player on the team that yeah. wins in that situation. Although I, I just would, you know, kind of come back to Wiggins being interesting, getting like double digits over, you know, like 17 points per game. And your point, maybe they do need a little defense to, to figure out some wins. And, and that is enough to, and, and let's say the scoring is a little split between Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, um, you know, Draymond doesn't have like a dominating defensive performance. That's the path for Wiggins. But to your point, I, I think Marcus Smart uh, on the Boston side is is a very interesting live dog long shot, especially depending on the price. I mean, I've seen his price kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, but if you can get a, a nice high number on it, I, I definitely like that. And, and your point, 
and, and we were talking about a pre-show. Uh, it's almost like we do a show before the show while we're waiting to go uh-huh. on. But Marcus Smart, I mean, he had some opportunities to hit some buckets in that Miami Heat game. In a weird way, it's almost a redemption spot. But they won the game, so it, what is he redeeming? But he missed those clutch free throws at the end. That kind of gave the Heat a little bit of life there, and he was missing wide open shots. So if you're Golden State, maybe they're gonna, you know, have a similar strategy defensively. Marcus Smart gets some wide open looks toward the end end of the game. But instead, he starts hitting them. So again, there's there's a great path for Marcus Smart. John, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, can you give me like five more minutes after the break? Because I definitely want to get your thoughts on this golf match that we have coming up here in Vegas here on Wednesday. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I got props. I got odds. I got bets that I want to place. So hang with me. Give me like five minutes. I definitely want your thoughts on this. He's Sean Green. Check him out. Sports Gambling Podcast. Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's a look ahead here on VC. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The VSN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vcin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets, premium articles covering golf, USFL, NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Seidenberg back here. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Rejoined now quickly by Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Check those guys out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Great job there. And we got to talk about this match, okay? It's at the win course here in Las Vegas. It's Brady and Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. We have Brady and Rodgers minus 190 to Mahomes and Allen on the comeback at plus 160. What are your thoughts here on the match version six? Well, I, I, I do think uh, starting out that, that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady being the elder statesman, uh, it makes sense that they're the favorites here. But I think, especially when you start uh, kind of going into the nitty gritty here, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are live dogs to win it all at plus plus one sixty. First off, if you've watched some of Josh Allen's drives, like this guy is happy Gilmore 2.0 and he just goes <laughs> up there and just, you're like, what is this swing? But he just destroys the ball and it's alternating shots. So if he can, uh, you know, just crush the drives and Mahomes can take it from there. I think they're going to be in a good spot and uh, shout out to my uh, co-host uh, Ryan Kramer on, on sports gambling podcast found this nugget on April 25th, not too long ago. Uh, the uh, Justin Timberlake 8 a.m. golf invitational. You know who won it? Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But more importantly, where was it played? It was played at the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Ooh. So literally, 
I mean, course knowledge. Patrick Mahomes is coming in here. He just won a tournament five weeks ago. So this is the, and no the, one's the talking course, about it. The course history handicap here. Yes, Although I will exactly. say Tom Brady has played in this event before. So maybe the advantage goes to Brady there with the uh, event history. I will say, though, that I looked at Patrick Mahomes he played in the American Century tournament out in Lake Tahoe. And yep. his best score was an 81. Par was 72. Aaron Rodgers scored better than him in all three rounds, including a best score of 71. So he shot one under for one of those rounds. So I, I also think I also saw that part of that American century is Mahomes did have a 350-yard drive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's he's no uh, but he's no schlub either. What do they say in golf? Right, drive for show, putt for dough. And if if uh, Allen and Mahomes get it 400 yards down the fairway, that's great. But when it comes to putting for all the marbles, give me Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to sink those putts. Aaron Rodgers is uh, is pretty money with uh, some of those putts. I I think he from one of the other match events he he sunk a decently uh, long putt to kind of uh, to close it out. I think it was the last one he played in. So I, I I totally get the why they're favorites. I just like again Patrick Mahomes coming fresh off this win. He also <laughs> won his uh, Mahomes uh, golf tournament, his his own charity golf tournament in Hawaii. So who knows what they did to kind of you know make it more favorable for Mahomes there. And again, these young guys they're coming in with uh, with no pressure. I feel mm-hmm. like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady a lot of pressure, and we saw. We saw Aaron Rodgers this is a guy who had the 49ers money line. We know, <laughs> we know what happens to Aaron Rodgers. We, we mentioned it off air. There's going to be a crowd there for the first time. So maybe the gallery mm. uh, gets in uh, a, a rod's head there a little bit. What do you think of this bet? Instead of going minus one ninety on uh, Brady and Rodgers to win. Cause you like the dogs at that price. What about Brady and Rodgers to be the first to go one up? I'm seeing it yeah. at minus 150. So, you know, maybe it takes uh, a couple of holes for Mahomes and Allen to get going, and Brady and Rodgers are just, they've played so much that they're into it from the beginning, and maybe they have a, a birdie on the first hole where Allen and Mahomes par. So what do you think about the veterans, the elder statesmen, as you called them, to go one up first? Love it. Love it. And again, in the same way that the Packers drove down, got out to that seven, nothing lead. <laughs> I like them. I like them to get out to a, uh, I like them to get out to a lead early. I, and that, and the prices, I mean, you're saving 40 cents right there from mm-hmm. minus one ninety to minus one fifty. So I, I, I really like that angle. Well, I'm going to enjoy it. I know you're going to enjoy it as well. Six thirty Eastern time. The match begins Brady Rogers against Mahomes and Allen. Sean, appreciate the time and the inside brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take it easy, Scott. There he is, Sean Green. Check those guys out. Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You follow him on Twitter, at Sean T. Green. So I, I, I love this event. Uh, I have a lot of fun with it every single year. I mean, the the options that are available on DraftKings Sportsbook is is, is endless. Uh, here in, in Vegas, you're going to find some limited options, but there definitely are some fun props that you can bet on. You can certainly do some hole betting. Uh, and like I said, I did find... Uh, instead of laying the minus 190, going Brady and Rodgers to be the first group to go one up at minus 150. So I might take that and just hopefully my bet cashes uh, after the first hole. That Brady and Rodgers take a, a lead after the first hole against Mahomes and Allen.
We have uh, a lot going on here on Wednesday. So you got the match, which starts, as I mentioned, 6.30 Eastern time. You have some day baseball here on uh, Wednesday. And then, of course, the Eastern Conference Finals Game 1 on the ice between the Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Your day baseball schedule, you have uh, three 1 o'clock Eastern time games. The Royals and the Guardians is your first one, Brad Keller, uh, gets the start for the Royals against Connor Pilkington for the Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland minus 145 with a total of nine in this one. And let's take a look here because it is a uh, sweep avoidance spot for the Royals. Mm, you know what? I don't like it because Cleveland has an off day on Thursday. So they're not rushing to get out of town. I'd like it a little bit more if Cleveland was rushing to get out of town, but they are not. Where we have an interesting getaway spot is the Mets and the Nationals. Evan Lee makes his major league debut for the Washington Nationals against Carlos Carrasco. The Mets have dominated the Nationals in this series. 13-5 on Monday, 10-0 here on Tuesday. And with Evan Lee making his Major League debut, there's no reason not to think that a kid who hasn't pitched above double A is going to shut down this Mets lineup. However, there's always a however, right? There's always a but. I'm curious what Mets lineup we actually see. Because the Mets here are in a very interesting spot. They are certainly riding a high right now. They have won five straight games. And they are staring in the face of a four-game weekend set in Los Angeles, against the Dodgers. That is a measuring stick series for a team that is, for a team that has World Series aspirations like the New York Mets do, with the best record right now in the National League at 34 and 17. For a matchup here now, with the second best record in the National League at 33 and 16, the Dodgers, this could be your NLCS preview. So it is a measuring stick series for the New York Mets. The fact that they got to get out of town here after this game against the Nationals, fly out to LA, and maybe looking ahead to this important four game series. I can see them roll out a lineup here on Wednesday that does not look like what we're used to seeing from the New York Mets. Wouldn't surprise me if Pete Alonso got the day off. Wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, Luis Guillorme leading off and uh, having, you know, um, backup catcher in. Instead of Tomas Nito, you're going to have Patrick Mazika and... Maybe Eduardo Escobar playing first. Like this, this is going to be a very interesting lineup to see out of the Mets 
And I don't know, I can't certainly can't lay the price with them. But can I bet against them? That's going to be the question. I'm Scott Satterberg. We'll continue to look at the Major League Baseball board here for Wednesday. Coming up next, you're on the look ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sattenberg back here. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we continue to run down the Major League Baseball slate here for Wednesday's games. Uh, talked about the first two day games. We have another day game, the Padres and the Cardinals. Uh, and it is you, Darvish, for the Padres going up against Dakota Hudson. The Cardinals won the first two games of this series and. The Cardinals, after this game, will head to Chicago. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So, we got a prime spot here for a getaway day sweep situation. Uh, Padres minus 125 with Darvish on the hill. Got to see the lineup, make sure everything is A-OK. And we probably fire on the Padres. We got a doubleheader in Colorado. Rockies and Marlins game one will be at 310 Eastern time. No line out just yet because I don't think the pitching matchups are 100% determined. It's probably going to be Trevor Rogers against Antonio Santatella in game one. And in game two, Herman Marquez likely for the Rockies. Maybe Marquez goes in game one and then Santatella in game two. So I'm not sure what the situation is there, but maybe a game two under depending on what the total is posted at although so hard to go with the unders there at Coors Field. But based on the pitching matchup and what the total is at, I could look at a game two under for the doubleheader. Another day game spot, and it is the bounce back for Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander takes the mound against the A's at a 3.37 Eastern time start. So this is also a getaway spot here for the Astros who will get out of Oakland after this uh, game here. And looking at the the, a, the Astros schedule, 
this will continue. This is the middle of a road trip. So they have an off day on Thursday, so it's not the uh, – then they go to Kansas City. So it's not a real getaway situation where you're looking at them to rush, hurry out of town, and then get to their next city. So uh, I'd actually buy in on the Astros to win this game. Justin Verlander is in need of a big bounce back. That was as bad of an outing as Justin Verlander has had in years. Years. I think it was the first time that he gave up five runs in a start since 2018. And he gave up six runs on 10 hits in six innings. Four home runs he gave up in Seattle. Four home runs. And let me just say this. And I don't know. Maybe the wind was blowing out that day. Um, I think that the ball is not going to travel as far in Oakland as it did that night in Seattle. Let's quickly look at the weather. We got five to seven to eight mile an hour winds. It ain't going to affect it. So if Verlander gives up those fly balls in Oakland, I don't think they result in home runs. So I think the Astros are certainly going to be a look here for me. Maybe Astros in the first five innings, back on a good start for Verlander. Cole Irvin has been very good as well this season, uh, but he has given up runs. Gave up two runs in six innings to Texas, three runs in six innings to L.A. Um, so probably, yeah, I think I'd probably black. It's, it's, I I just can't get away from the idea of Verlander having two bad starts in a row. I got to think he's in a bounce back spot here. So probably look to back the Astros here and back Verlander against the A's. The Braves take on the Diamondbacks. How about Arizona, who won the first two games of this series against the reigning champion Braves? The Diamondbacks winning 6-2 on Monday, 8-7 in 10 innings here on Tuesday. And now they get Madison Bumgarner on the hill against Kyle Wright before they have an off day on Thursday, so there's no getaway spot there. But this is kind of like one of those blind handicaps where you're thinking, there's no way the Diamondbacks are going to sweep the Braves, right? Like, that's what people are going to say about the, the, the Pirates and the Dodgers. Like, there's no way the Pirates are going to sweep the Dodgers, right? And maybe that's the case. But I think it's worth diving deeper. I do like Kyle Wright more so than Madison Bumgarner. I will say that. So I do agree with this line with the Braves being a favorite. Mad Bum, uh, over his last uh, four starts, has allowed two or more runs in all four. Five runs in six innings to the Dodgers. Four runs in seven innings to the Cubs. Three runs in five innings to the Dodgers. Two runs in six innings to the Marlins. Uh, so I, I, I do think that he has been very vulnerable. And Kyle Wright has kind of become the guy in the Braves rotation. And more so than maybe Max Freed. Um, kind of probably look at maybe uh, the Braves here. We'll dive a little further into that before we make any ultimate decisions, obviously. Giants and Phillies, another spot here. This one, 6.05 Eastern time. Aaron Nola against Carlos Rodon. And Aaron Nola is uh, the Phillies minus 125. 
I give the pitching edge to Carlos Rodon if we're being honest. But the Phillies have lost five straight games now. Aaron Nola's got to play the role of the stopper here. And, and there's there's a lot of pressure now that's mounted on Joe Girardi and this Phillies team. They need a win in the worst way. In the worst way. Angels and Yankees from Yankee Stadium. Nasty Nestor is on the hill. Now, yours truly made a mistake last time Nestor Cortez pitched. Bet against him. I did. I did. First to admit it, I bet against them. It was the Yankees against the Tampa Bay Rays, and it was Nestor Cortez and Ryan Yarbrough. And I said, you know, what what was the bet there? I think I bet the Rays in the first five innings. Oh, no, I think I just bet the Rays for the game. That's what it was. I bet the Rays for the game at a plus-money price should have bet them at plus a half a run for the first five innings because that would have hit because it was 0-0 after five. But then the Yankees just poured it on. Learn my, learn my lesson. You don't bet against Nestor Cortez. This dude is pitching at a Cy Young level and no reason to not think that, they're, that he's going to keep it rolling. The Angels, meanwhile, you want to talk about a team that's slumping. They have now lost six straight games. Probably look to attack the, the uh, this first five innings and maybe lay the half a run with the Yankees backing Nestor Cortez against Reed Detmers. Detmers, whose last time out against Texas, got roughed up for five runs in six innings. Before that, also against Texas, three runs in just three and two-thirds innings. Those are his last two starts after that no-hitter. So you wonder, throwing 108 pitches in that no-hitter, what it took out of him. By far the most pitches he has thrown this season. 20 more pitches than the next highest game. So he hasn't looked right since the two starts after the no-hitter. You got Nestor Cortez on the hill. Hard to go against him. Robbie Ray goes against Kyle Bradish. The Mariners against the Orioles. Seattle minus 150. Haven't been in love with Robbie Ray, to be honest with you. Don't know if I like him as the favorite. Uh, White Sox against the Blue Jays. Michael Kopech for Chicago's. Had a really good start against Hunjin Ryu for Toronto. Toronto minus 135. Reds take on the Red Sox. Boston minus 210. Garrett Whitlock on the hill against Hunter Green. Could look towards the total in this game at 9, thinking this could be a high-scoring game. Uh, Tigers and Twins, Tariq Skubal, Bailey Ober for Minnesota. Minnesota minus 125. Cubs and Brewers, no line out just yet. Kyle Hendricks goes for Chicago. Don't know who's going to go for the Brewers. Uh, Then you got um, uh, Jeffrey Springs going for the Rays against the Rangers. John Gray, Tampa Bay minus 130. Tampa looking to avoid the sweep as uh, Texas has won the first two games of this series. And you got Pirates and Dodgers, again, as the Dodgers look to avoid getting swept by the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. And it's actually not the Rays not looking to avoid the sweep. The Rays and Rangers will play again on Thursday. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Jeff Seeley, golf handicapper at 8 a.m. See if he has any thoughts on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the match. Colby Armstrong, Sportsnet and NHL and TNT analyst at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe covering the NBA at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. It's all coming up this morning, this morning, excuse me, on Follow the Money. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. 
S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'll tweet out when the Major League Baseball plays are up on vcin.com on the Daily Best Bets page. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.